0: We are continuing in our message series today in Galatians chapter 5 today. We're beginning at verse 1, and uh, we're going to continue 1 through 15, and I'm going to read that for you as we begin today. We're talking about the life of freedom, Galatians chapter 5 in our Gospel of Freedom series. He begins this way. He says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this, if you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there's no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What's important is faith expressing itself in love. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. That's the PG-13 part I warned you about a few months ago or several weeks ago. So it's it's the Bible, Just, just reading what's there. Verse 13, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. We thank the Lord for his word uh, this morning. Um, as most of you uh, probably have heard me mention, I, I didn't grow up in the States, and so I didn't get any U.S. history uh, in my education and so now, in, in my, you know, adult years, I'm beginning to get familiar with the events that, that created this great nation. Uh, in part, this is just an amazing thing as I've kind of watched the timeline. In part, we can thank the work of, of bold pastors, of the first and second great awakenings, uh, of the, the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. As, as, as people were transformed, uh, within decades arose this kind of revolutionary cry for freedom. Of course, freedom from the British crown, but, but more importantly, freedom for all men and women, including those who'd been victims of the slave trade. Now, obviously, we have some dreadful events in our history, things that should not have happened from slavery to, you know, the wicked ways the Aboriginal peoples were treated, to, you know, Japanese internment camps, to, you know, segregation, to the, you know, the subjugation of generations of people into a welfare state, uh, you know, we could you know, name a number of things that we're not proud of. Uh, I, I have no problem admitting that generally folks of kind of European descent were responsible for a lot of those things that happened. It's, it's not good. But here's the, the good news about that. Every time in history, every time that a leader got hold of God's grace, or should I say every time the gospel of grace got a hold of a leader, things changed, things shifted. Recently, read um, about George Washington and, and and his his commitment to a prayer life and his commitment to God, and how God used him to liberate uh, this fledgling movement uh, for for freedom. So, the concept of freedom did not originate with the Pilgrims. It did not originate with this the signers of the Declaration of Independence. It didn't didn't originate with the brave leaders of the civil rights movement. It didn't start in any of those things. Freedom is and always has been God's idea. That's why we keep talking about this week after week here on on Sundays. By contrast, every movement, every regime that that rejects God ends up in, in bondage in oppression and even death. Now, as I said, not exactly a Mother's Day message. Our moms are awesome. We love our moms. Um, and as, uh, you know, let me just kind of mention the nonsense that's in the media right now. They're not birthing persons. (laughs) Moms, you are moms. You're our mothers. And we're very, very grateful for you. So let's just, let's just, the other one I, oh, oh, stop. (laughs) All right. So hang in there with me as we get through this, this message this morning, because this Book of Galatians, this chat, this letter that we've been reading, is uh, is really you know a spiritual declaration of independence. It's a spiritual declaration of independence, freedom from the sin, freedom from sin, freedom from the law, and, and by God's grace, freedom in Christ by our faith. You need to know that you were created to live free, to live in freedom, free from the things that you've done, freedom from the things that have been done to you. You were designed, you were intended, you were made to live in freedom. And so I want to ask you just three questions based on this passage to help us consider this life of freedom. Verse 2 says, says this, if you're counting on circumcision, which is really kind of a catch-all for talking about the law, okay, those regulations that were handed down to them. He says, if you're counting on that to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. Verse four, if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you've been cut off from Christ. You've fallen from God's grace. Not typically what you think about when you say someone fell from grace. To fall from grace is to fall into law. So my first question is this, what do you count on? Question one, what do you count on? Right. This assumes, of course, I'm making the assumption that that you understand your need to be made right with God. Lots of people live in this space of of, of denying their their own sin and their, and denying their their need for salvation, only to find out too late that we can't save ourselves. It's like it's like when we used to have traffic cameras. Uh, I remember this is probably 30 years ago. Um, you know, getting a, a notice in the mail about a traffic infraction and you know there's that amazing time between the thing the, the you know the sin you committed the driving too fast or running light whatever it was and you think i'm fine i if you're aware of it hey, i got away with it or and then that notice comes in the mail and you realize oh i didn't get away with it and there's no there's no getting around this right and i i i, I compare that to this situation of sort of living a denial of our of our sin this space of you know guilty but ignoring it or unaware of it only to be surprised on that great and final day so my question is what do you count on what do you count on to make you right with god if you're honest you know you need something to make you right with god you can count on your own imperfect effort or you can count on the perfection of christ which is is my preference what's yours What are you counting on to make you right with God? Remember that Paul is speaking to believers. Some of you are feeling like, oh man, we're talking about salvation again. You know, I've been a a believer for years and years. Remember that these Galatians had been believers. They'd started really well, the apostle Paul said, but these false teachers had kind of infiltrated their midst and were teaching the necessity of all these Jewish rules for salvation. Paul likens the, the, the life of freedom uh, you know to running a race he says in verse 70 he, he says you know you know who who cut in on you i, I don't know maybe you think uh, running a race does not sound like freedom to me but think about when you've watched the olympics or you watched you know track meets and you think just that isn't not the picture of freedom of just someone running down the track like wow it's amazing that's the picture that that he has for us what are we counting on? And by contrast, to stop counting on grace is to stop running, whereas he says to fall from grace. So my second question is, are you still running? The first question is, what do you count on? The second question is, are you still running? I don't know if, it, if this feels this way to you, but sometimes it feels to me like everything around me is just sort of just coasting, just kind of drifting along and, 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 and you, you know, we're just sort of caught up in the flow of whatever normal is. So, you know, you go to work and you, you watch a little TV and maybe play a little softball and get your Saturday chores done and, and maybe grab dinner with the folks and, and, and sort of that's your, that's your life. And you wonder, is my life actually going anywhere? Am I, am I doing anything? Is anything happening in my life? Am I having any impact at all? And then you realize, does it even, Maybe it doesn't matter is what you're thinking because everybody else seems to be doing the same thing that I'm doing. It's just kind of floating down the river of life. And here's the problem. That that river takes you the wrong direction. It tends to kind of lead you away from God. Whereas a follower of Jesus, we're striving to move up the river. We're trying to get closer to the source. We want to get closer to an intimacy with God. That's why we push upstream Paul says there again in verse 7 let me read him one more time you were running the race so well who has held you back or as the new international version puts it who cut in on you who jumped in in front of you who 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 cut you off and got you off track and when you look at your own spiritual development and in movement at this moment you know think about your relationship with God through Christ are you still running have you slowed down a little bit Maybe you stopped, maybe you sat down to rest and, well, now you just kind of feel like you're drifting along. Psalm, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. God is so good. He invites you to know him and to keep in step with him, to keep running with him, to keep in flow with him because he loves you and his, his life for you is good. But but you get that progression in Psalm 1 and 2 that instead of running, he says, you know, the, the, the blessed is the person who does not walk with the wicked, who does not stand with sinners, who does not sit with the mockers. Walking standing sitting this slowing down he said instead they love god's word they 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 love to be with god's people so to run the race well is to to remain in god's word to stay in fellowship with god's people i'm just i love seeing you here this morning friends who were who are joining us online i'm so glad you can be in fellowship with us this morning to rerun the race is to to worship freely, to serve joyfully, to give generously, to encourage liberty, to trust Jesus completely. That's the invitation to run. Are you running? Are you still running? That doesn't mean it's going to be easy all the time. Paul understood that speaking the truth sometimes gets you in trouble. Leading people to the gospel might actually get dangerous. It might make you unpopular someone sent me the, the news story this week of a of a pastor in canada who this week another one who got arrested for holding a church service he's sitting in jail for preaching the gospel I'm shocked paul writes in verse 11 if i were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of christ no one would be offended if I didn't, if I just didn't say anything about this, if I just, if I just made made it nice and, and just just made it look and sound good, nobody would be offended. If I just agreed with kind of the majority opinion, nobody would be offended. He said, but I got I got to tell you the good news. I got to tell you. I, I would say that when I speak of the need for salvation, people find that offensive. And then when I say that it, we're only saved through Christ. That the only way to be made right with God is by putting your faith in Jesus. That's offensive as well. It upsets people. But Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, it has a saying. There's not too many Proverbs that are repeated in that book, but there's one that's repeated a couple times in chapter 14 and again chapter 16. It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. It looks good, but it leads to death. There's only one way to be saved, and that's, that's in Jesus. There's only one name that can rescue. That's in Jesus. And you think, I'm uncomfortable with this right now, Brian. I, I don't, I really don't like you saying that. I'm here to share the truth with you. God loves you so much. He wants you to trust him for salvation. So why do we need salvation? It's because of our sin, and sin separates us from God. And without, sep- without, you know, you know, without salvation, we're eternally apart from God, which is kind of self-destructive now, but it ends in eternal torment after the after this life. That's why we need salvation. Why would we want salvation? Well, because we would want to experience the the freedom and blessing of what it means to know God now and then to enjoy eternity with Him later. How do we how do we acquire salvation? How do we receive salvation? It's by repenting of our sin by Putting our faith in Christ for forgiveness, for eternal life, for healing, for wholeness, all those good gifts that God wants to give you. How do we express salvation? Aha, here we get to my third question. Verse 13 says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So the third question is this, what's your freedom for? all these weeks and weeks and weeks we've been talking about the freedom God has for us if we'll reject sort of religious constraints and religious duty and 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 religious expectations and instead embrace what God has for you to have freedom what's your freedom for he says this um, you know first of all we know what it's not for Paul says don't Use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So we don't use it for that. Instead, he says, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's in verse 13. To serve one another. So we ask, what do you count on? We ask, are you still running? And then what's your freedom for? What's Is it for self-indulgence, just living for me? Or is it to serve others? How do you use your freedom? Because freedom can be abused, I know that. If you find yourself saying, well, my sin doesn't really matter. I can kind of do whatever I want. Jesus will forgive me, we're good. I think then you haven't really understood grace. And you haven't understood what what the, the cost of the cross. I mean, that free gift of God's salvation actually cost everything. When Jesus went to the cross for us. He didn't go there to... You know, for us to treat that lightly or with contempt, some call it cheap grace is a saying you may have sometimes heard. We're kind of living with a disregard for the significance of what Jesus accomplished for us. I'm not even talking about, you know, living a wild and crazy life. I'm just talking about selfish living. You're not saved by serving, but we're invited to use our freedom for serving. You're free in Christ for a reason. To serve one another in in love, to to put others ahead of ourselves, to die to my own preferences and priorities, to relinquish my rights and demands and make sure that others are cared for. Many of you do that really, really, really well. I've watched you over and over again. Even when it was hard or inconvenient, I've watched you serve. I've watched you lay your life down for the benefit of others. I hear stories about someone's going through grief and, and say, people brought me meals uh, Crystal, who shared, I remember you telling about going through a time after one of your kids are born, and, and people just blessed you with food and took care of your family. We, we had a fellow who's passed away recently here in our church. He was a quadriplegic for 26 years. And a number of you men in this space right now, you went day after day, day after day, for years. Some of you taking once a month, some more. Helping them with exercises and basic care. You just laid your life down. You used your freedom to serve others. It's amazing. I could go down the list of all the things uh, that people have done. Right now, there's people serving in kids' church. They're using their freedom to serve others in love. The story goes on and on. So I just want to repeat those questions. Uh, when you think about your own life right now, what's your freedom for? What are you using your freedom in Christ for? And are you still running in that freedom of God's grace? Do you still count on grace alone to save you, to make you right with God? Maybe I can add a fourth question. This may not apply to everybody. It might apply to you. Have you put your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation? Oh, maybe you're just thinking, I... I just want church to be nice. Like, can't we just talk about nice things? I'm talking about the best news ever. To know Jesus personally. To be forgiven. To experience healing. To experience wholeness in him. To be a part of a, the family of God. A community of people who love you and care for you. To have an eternal hope, eternal future secured. Have you put your trust in Jesus? Is He your Lord and your Savior today? It's your decision, not mine, not your mom's, not your kids. It's your decision to trust Jesus. It's not hard to hear. We just say it's this. It's like this ABC thing. A is just admit I need Jesus. I'm a sinner and I need saving. That's the admit part. To B is to believe. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That He died for your sin, and then He rose again. And and C is to say, I commit my life to follow him all my days. If that's you, I'd love to talk to you after the service. I'd love to help you with that. It's an important. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Don't just let it go by. Don't ignore it. God loves you too much to, to not deliver that good news to you today. I invite Christy and the others to, to lead us in the closing song. But I invite you to uh, stand with me as we pray. Gracious God, I thank you that you made freedom possible in Christ. Lord, we read some of these things that are a little bit hard for us to understand and even hard for us to to take in, but it's the most important thing. Lord, I thank you for those, those people in our lives. I think about my mom, the very one who not only gave me birth, but led me to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, I think about those of us here today that we've walked with you, we've known you for a long time. I pray, God, that you would inspire us to keep running the race, to keep pursuing you, to keep pushing upriver to get to the source of, of that freedom, to know you more and more. Lord, for those that are weary and just kind of overwhelmed, wonder if it's really worth it, God, would you just remind them to keep counting on you, to keep counting on your grace. Lord, for those of us who've kind of gotten distracted, we're just kind of living life doing our own thing. Would you remind us to use our freedom to serve others, to care for others, to lift others up? God, I thank you that you you loved us so much that you sent Jesus for us. Not to condemn us, but to save us. And I just thank you for that today. And Lord, we thank you again for those women in our lives who have poured everything into us and we just bless them. Lord, for those who have a a tough relationship with their mom right now, God, I pray that you give them the grace to to forgive and to heal and reconcile and restore. Lord, for those moms that have, their, their kids are estranged from them, God, I just pray you do a great healing work. Lord, I lift up those moms that are, as Crystal said, who are, today is a day of, 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 of grief for them or for those women who would love to be a mom and it's a day of satisfaction to meet them in that special place today. Lord, we just thank you for these amazing women in our lives. We bless them. And Lord, most of all, we thank you for the freedom that we have in Jesus. We praise you today in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.